Welcome to the Magnificat Podcast. We are an international ministry to Catholic women. Throughout this series, we will pray together, share insights, and hear amazing testimonies, typically from women of faith who have been touched by the power of the Lord in their lives. This is a decidedly Catholic podcast, and in this series, you will hopefully learn more about the Catholic faith, God, the Blessed Mother, and much more. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's listen to a great program. Welcome to Magnificat Proclaims, presented to you by Magnificat, a ministry to Catholic women. Whether this is your first time you've listened to our program, or you have been with us many times before, we are delighted that you have joined us. I'm Donna Ross, your host for today's program. We pray that today may be a special day in your life as you experience through the personal testimony of our featured guest, the presence of Jesus Christ among us. He is alive and well. Magnificat taken from Luke chapter 1, is the great hymn of praise that Mary prayed while visiting her cousin Elizabeth. Both women had been deeply touched by God. Elizabeth was bearing a long-awaited child. Mary was carrying within her womb the very Son of God. They came together to help one another, to speak of God's action in their lives, to sing, to pray, to share a common faith, and to be strengthened for all that was to come. Like Mary and Elizabeth, We want to come together in God's presence and proclaim the Almighty has done great things for me and you, and holy is his name. This Magnificat Proclaims series features Catholic Christian women who have shared their testimony at one of the many Magnificat chapters hosting quarterly meals around the world. Typically, this three-hour gathering provides opportunity for a shared meal, fellowship, communal praise and worship, personal testimony of one woman's expression of God's action in her life and intercessory prayer for the needs of the church and of those present. We trust that these testimonies will help each of us come to better understand that we are truly children of God, made in His image and likeness. We are daughters of the King. It is such a privilege for me to be able to introduce you to Lou Cortese. 
Lou is the founder and executive director of St. Ignatius Retreat Association, St. Joseph Catholic Radio, and IHS Productions. What started 25 years ago as an at-home apostolate is now a worldwide radio and evangelization ministry heard on EWTN Radio and Catholic radio affiliates throughout the country and abroad. Lou is the executive producer of the Children's Rosary CD, a Catholic school fundraising project, My Freedom to Choose, which is abortion counseling CD, and Magnificat Proclaims, a radio broadcast geared toward women. While she is a former Catholic Woman of the Year nominee for the Diocese of Orange, California, also, she's a recipient of the Cardinal Menzenti Freedom Award. Mrs. Cortese is most proud to be the mother of two wonderful sons and the grandmother of ten. Recently, St. Joseph Radio established a new office, bookstore, and evangelization center in St. Charles. Again, it's my privilege to introduce to you Lou Cortese. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, St. Joseph Radio has been in existence for about 15 years. And uh, it began as a ministry of St. Ignatius Retreat Association. Now, I'm going to take you on a ride that you're going to look at me and you're going to think, where is she going now? And you know, that's how it is today for me as well. I have no idea. Someone asked me the other day, Lou, what are your plans for St. Joseph Radio? Well, my plan to get up in the morning. That's the extent of planning that we do with St. Joseph Radio. And I think that's what we all have to do in our lives. Be prepared to do the will of God in all things. And I'm going to give you some testimonies, some, some things that have occurred in, miraculously in the ministry of St. Joseph Radio that uh, can apply to your life as well. And I hope that, uh, I hope I don't bore you to death. We began, as I said, 20 years ago as a retreat association. My husband and our two sons relocated from Northern California, Napa Valley. Now, how can anyone leave Napa Valley for Southern California? No offense, no offense. But I thought, oh, my children were in school. My, my oldest was in school. Everything was moving so beautifully. And we relocate down here. Now, I don't know a soul. I tried to convince my husband to commute for six months, which he did. It didn't work. I, I went on retreat in Alhambra, and the priest there said to me, Lou, you must move. So out of obedience, we relocated to Southern California. Total depression. I mean, I did not want to be here. You are all crazy. The freeways were driving me crazy. I was terrified. I never drove on a freeway. My first attempt on the freeway, I'm getting on the freeway and a funeral procession. You know, I mean, that's how my, my encounter with Southern California started. Well, um, out of this depression, I was attending retreats, and, I would, uh, and a priest said to me, a priest friend of mine who happened to be at the time Mother Teresa's retreat master, said to me, Lou, why don't you sponsor retreats? And I thought, okay, because I knew I needed a retreat at least every three months just to stay in Southern California. So... <laughs> So again, I was being selfish and self-centered, and so I organized retreats. My motives were not that uh, sincere, but you know, so be it. Isn't that the way we are in life? So we started organizing retreats, and the first retreat we sponsored was at the Sisters of St. Joseph. Now, I didn't know a soul in Southern California. We put ads in all the diocesan papers, and we had 45 women come together. And I thought, wow, this is great. And it, it turned out to be a wonderful experience. Well, while I was here, I was noticing 
and Southern California were different. You know, you turn on the radio, and what do you hear? You hear our Protestant friends telling us what we believe as Catholics. Now, I'm hearing this. My neighbor is an ex-Catholic that's telling me what I believe as Catholics. And I'm, I'm getting real frustrated. I'm thinking, wait a minute, that's not what we believe. And I remember calling a radio station and saying, you know, what you said about Catholics is not true. And he says, I'm sorry, we have already addressed the issue. Click. And he hung up on me. Well, he did it to the wrong person. Because I realized at that point, I think our Lord was grooming me. And, and now I look back and I realize that that's exactly what our Lord was doing. He was grooming me, first beginning with prayer. We all must pray to discern where God's calling us. That's the most important thing we can do in our lives is pray. Then as we're praying, God will enlighten us. Where does he want us to go? What does he want us to do in this life? So I started um, working and putting on seminars. We would work on retreats, but I also realized as Catholics, there was a lot of confusion outside of the church, but then there was lots of confusion inside the church. There are people that are very successful at pulling Catholics out of the church. Well, the reason they're able to do that is because we were so weak. Tell me how many of you have heard this. We are never to talk religion and politics. <laughs> right? I mean, has that been the attitude for the past 30 years? Well, I'm here to tell you that that was probably the greatest mistake we ever made in 30 years. And how and why I say that is because we now have the only people dictating to us what we believe as Catholics are television our radio stations that are anti-Catholic. The media is dictating to us what we believe, and we're just sitting there smiling and saying, well, they don't understand. No, we must, we must take control. Now, how we raised our sons was that we always talked religion and politics. I mean, I have two sons, talked religion and politics at our dinner table every day. Well, our sons, have never left the Catholic Church. They're two very devout young men, and I attribute that to communication. So that's where radio comes in, communicating the message to the world. We start this retreat association, we start these seminars that we called Renew the Catholic Spirit, and we were putting on speakers at different parishes, and we would deal with issues to help all of us become more familiar with the Church's teaching. Well, it was working out beautifully, and all of a sudden, uh, we were working with a group in West Covina, a tape ministry company. We would hire them. Well, they decided, someone approached them, how about if you get into radio? And he said, okay. Well, we were representing him in Orange County. Unfortunately, he was only able to handle it for about three to six months because his dad was dying. And I look back now, he was handling it temporarily. He was the one to launch it financially because he invested about $20,000 and lost it. That process needed to take place so that we could be where we are today. He was about to close the door and I said, no, you can't do that. And he said, well, okay, then you take it. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait. No, 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 no. You misunderstood. You can't close the door. You keep it. That wasn't what God had planned. So, of course, now I've been on retreats. So I prayed and I thought, okay. So I took on St. Joseph Radio, and I'm telling you, ladies, it was the funniest thing. 
we had a broken recorder. Now, you have to envision this. I said yes. Now, currently we're on the air in five different parts of, of Southern California. We're on every day. We're producing radio programs from cassettes, and I, oh, they were so bad. All of a sudden, it's under my responsibility. We have a debt of $5,000 a month. I have no idea what I'm doing. At that point, I had a priest at my home dying. I'm taking care of this priest. I have a debt of $5,000 a month, and I'm in the radio business, and I have no idea what I'm doing. I have absolutely no equipment. I've never had experience in this. All I had was the desire to serve God. Well, at that time, we were sponsoring an event at St. Norbert's Church. It was August 15th. And that's when I took over St. Joseph Radio. And that night, we were sponsoring an event with Catholic Answers, Carl Keating, and he was speaking about what Catholics believe about Mary. And we consecrated our parish to Our Lady. We passed out rosaries and scapulas. It was a wonderful day. That day was when I met our first editor, this gentleman, this young man, who ended up editing everything I needed, and he lived in Hemet. Now, if you can imagine this, we're producing a program every day. He's in Hemet. I'm in Orange. Now, I have this brilliant idea. We need a priest, and a priest friend of mine, Father Thomas Nelson from St. Michael's Abbey, well, he's in El Toro. And then we figured, you know, because I'm, I'm trying to be creative here, we needed a host, a radio host, because you can't have the priest be the host. You want him to be the spiritual director. So I'm, I'm trying to analyze all of this, you know, pretend like I know what I'm doing. So he lives, our radio host lives in Pasadena. <laughs> so all of you know what, we're, what I'm dealing with here. I have no idea what I'm doing. We're on the air every day, half hour a day, and we're producing programs with this little cassette. I have strangers coming into my house because we have to develop a, a database and we have to try to generate money because we have to pay for this. And uh, it, it was hilarious. Finally, I got courageous, and I said, you know, I have to get out of my house. I mean, there's no privacy here. My husband, my family, you know, it just we need to move. So I, I courageously went and rented an office. It was not the best part of town. Matter of fact, I had to climb over drug dealers and alcoholics to get to my office. One day, I'm sitting at my desk, but it was cheap, okay? I'm sitting at my desk, and the SWAT team's outside. I have the SWAT team with the gun up front, the one is in the back, and he says, don't move. I said, don't worry, I'm okay. <laughs> Everything's fine. I'm not moving. But the problem with that, now we had an office, but we didn't have, we had people that were terrified to come and work. And, you know, and, I, and I'm thinking, oh. and it's true, it was a terrible neighborhood, but, you know, God, God has a sense of humor, and I, I trusted in him. I did have one faithful volunteer, and between the two of us, it was just hilarious. Well, from there, um, I'm feeling sorry for myself. Those of you that are Italian, any good Italian knows how to feel sorry for yourself. And I'm feeling really sorry for myself because here I am. I have all this work to do. And I have all this money that I have to generate. And I have a priest dying at my house. And I don't know what I'm doing. And I have everything going wrong. And I'm crying and really feeling sorry for myself. And I can't get volunteers because they're afraid to come to the office. And I'm sitting there crying. And all of a sudden, I looked up at this picture of our Lord. And I didn't hear voices but he spoke to me. 
He said, what makes you any better than I am? They abandoned me. And whose apostolate is this anyway? It was so clear that my tears dried up and I realized at that point that it was no longer my apostolate. It was not Lou Cortese's responsibility for anything. Well, then I became dangerous. <laughs> because our Lord said that it was his apostolate. So two days later, I said, okay, this is your apostolate. Would you please pay this bill? It was $2,500. <laughs> I did not have a penny in the checkbook. Not one penny. And I sent the check off. He said it was his apostolate. Two days after I wrote that check, we got a $2,500 donation. Our Lord has protected us in a way I cannot tell you. We are on all over the world now. We were invited to be on EWTN Worldwide Radio. Now, in the meantime, we're still developing radio programs at the parishes because we still want to get to the people in the pew. Once the light goes on, all of you make it happen. You're the ones that are out there changing the world. So we need to work together on behalf of the media. And that's what we did. Uh, it's been 15 years. We're still on the air all over the world. We've traveled all over the world. Am I going to say it's been easy? No. Matter of fact, whenever you're serving Almighty God, I'm going to tell you, it's probably going to be the most challenging thing in, in the world for you. You're going to have more crosses. I wanted to be married, have 10 children. I ended up with two children and a radio. Our lives changed drastically. We all have crosses in our lives. Uh, there, there has been betrayal. There has been so many devastating things happening. And through the worst of my life, where you have betrayal, you have abandonment, you have um, turmoil within the worst part of my life, where I thought that I would never survive ever, that I could no longer handle this. I was able to meet Mother Teresa. I was able to meet the Pope. I was given so many gifts to persevere. So when I hear of all the prayers that you're talking about, those sufferings that we go through, the ones that pull us down so low that we think, oh, I don't want to get up anymore, those sufferings are truly gifts from God. And it's only because we're so stubborn that we need to be reminded. You know, we're, it's, it's our Lord's way of saying, hey, remember me? Remember me? You know, and we tend to forget him when things are at its best. You know, I could, I could you know, put the radio together and, and look at us. You know, we're all over the world. Isn't this wonderful? That's pride. You know, that wasn't something. This is because God wants it. It's not because of me. It's because our Lord wants it. He has something planned for every one of us here. And I think, I think that's where I want us to go. I want us to look at these moments. We need to, first of all, and all of you are here, you may have had your children, your children are grown, and you're sitting there saying, well, there's nothing to worry about. No, you have grandchildren. It's now time 
to go home and start talking about God. Don't let society tell you not to. When your children say to you, oh, here goes mom, and you're not going to be a prophet in your own home, you know that. You know, I mean, you're not going to be. But to tell you how a little bit of evangelizing can change the world, because that's what you're doing. Your evangelizing is going to change the world for your grandchildren. Okay? If your daughter doesn't listen to you, then talk to her husband. And I'm not saying badger people with the faith. Just ask them what they know about Catholicism. If you're working, go into the workplace and bring up Mary. See what happens. You know, bring up a bit of doctrine. You know what I love to do? I was at a hotel. We were at a conference. And I was in, uh, I forget which state. Uh, we travel so often. I don't know where I was. And, and I'm walking to my hotel room, and we're doing this conference, and this man... Every night, we're coming back to the hotel room the same time. I thought, and I thought, you know, I need to talk to this man. Well, evangelization moment, I called him. And this is what I need you to hold on to, evangelization moments. I turned to him and I said, hi, how are you? I thought I'd introduce myself since we've been meeting this way for a week. And I says, I'm Lou and I'm, I'm from California. Where are you from? He says, oh, I'm whatever, from Boston. I said, Boston, whatever you heard about the Catholic Church is not true. I said, as a matter of fact, on second thought, it is true, but we're just cleaning house. That was an evangelization moment. And it was so much fun because before I left, he got a care package. Everyone gets care packages. And he got his care package because he started telling me what Catholics believed, you know. And you Catholics, and you do this, and you do that. Well, I had a great opportunity to evangelize him. And I sent him his care package, and I thanked him, and I said, and you know what I want you to do? I want you to quote us accurately. You don't have to agree with us. And that's another message I have for you. When you're evangelizing, you're not trying to convert people. Because only our Lord converts. All right, that's not your job. Your job is to witness Christ by example and, and bring the message and clarify it. You know, when someone says to you, you worship Mary, what do you say? Do you say, oh, I can't defend her, so therefore I'm not going to say anything? No. You make a call. One thing about our church, which is so awesome, find out how to answer. And what you do is you say, you know, I'm glad you asked me. I'm glad you said that. You know, we don't worship Mary. We honor her. She's the mother of God. And how would you like someone to talk about your mother? This is what I do with when people come to our office and, or when we get calls. You know, first thing is poor Mary. You know, and, and then you start helping them to understand who she is. I had this truck driver call. And I never, I avoid answering the phone because, first of all, when I answer the phone, we go broke. I give everything away, and I'm on the phone for at least an hour. But when I answer the phone, you know it's providential. And I'm only telling you these stories because these are going to give you ideas of, of how to evangelize when you encounter someone. This truck driver calls up, and he says, I'm confused. I says, oh. What's that? He says, well, I, I travel all over the country, and I'm hearing Protestants talk about Catholics, and it's really strange. And you people are really weird, except, he says, when I go through this particular state, I look forward to it because your Catholic programming is on. And what comes on 
on the Catholic program is not the same as what the Protestants are saying. Could you explain this to me? Of course, you know. And what I was able to explain, and this is something that all of you need to understand, the person that's most anti-Catholic is usually an ex-Catholic. And he's an ex-Catholic. You know why? Because he was married, divorced, remarried, divorced, remarried. He's opposed to the church's teaching on birth control, abortion, and every other issue, and you need to justify it. So I explained this to him that, you know, what he's hearing, you know, and I explained all of this to him. But what I said to him, I, I sent him his care package. I said, but here's what I want you to do. I says, I hope I didn't overwhelm you. And I told him about the tabernacle, what makes us different. You know, the Eucharist, that's what makes us different. And I explained the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ in a brief way. And then I sent pamphlets. But I said to him, I says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to your local church. There's a Catholic church in your neighborhood. Go into the Catholic church, and you're going to see a box. And I explained to him the tabernacle. I says, but I want you to sit there, and I want you to talk to our Lord. I says, because he has something to say to you. You're on a journey, and he has something to say to you. And just listen to him, okay? And it was such a pleasure meeting you. God bless that was it. About two months later, we get a call from a parish. There's some truck driver converting to Catholicism. <laughs> it was one encounter. I had another gentleman call. This man, he heard our program on the Eucharist. He said, you people. He said, you don't really believe that, do you? Are you serious? You believe that the bread and wine turns into the body and blood of Christ? Come on. You're crazy. I started talking to him about the incorruptibles. Have any of you read the book, The Incorruptibles, The Saints? That's a great evangelization tool, especially for those of us that have sons, son-in-laws, sons, daughters that have so much pride and they know everything. I call them intoxicated with the exuberance of their own verbosity. <laughs> they like to hear themselves talk. That book, it's called The Incorruptibles, and I didn't bring it. But it's one of those books where it shows the saints like St. Bernadette. And I've seen many of those saints. Their bodies have never decomposed. They died like St. Bernadette. And I've seen her. It's unbelievable. She's been dead over 100 years. And there she is. Her body has not uh, decayed. And there are other saints. And I sent him that. And I sent him other material. I sent him a, a lot of material. About a year later, the phone rings. And again, I'm stuck at the office. It's 7 o'clock at night. It's Sunday. I'm thinking, all right, I'll answer it. And this man calls, and he says, I have a question. I'm not Catholic. I'd like to become Catholic. And, but this woman, the mar my wife, was married before. Can you explain things? You know, how would this affect me? I says, oh, are you thinking of becoming Catholic? Well, yes. I said, really? Well, how did this happen? Tell me. I love stories. He says, what's your name? I said, Lou. He says, do you remember me? He was the one that we sent the material to on the Eucharist. He was the one that the incorruptibles, he was coming into the church. He was on his own journey. <laughs> to tell you the story about what not to do for evangelization moments, you know, we get real excited. But one of our volunteers, really zealous, you know, she was all excited. We had a picture of St. Bernadette in her incorrupt state, and there she is, beautiful saint. And, and we're talking, and I'm headed to the airport, to John Wayne Airport, to pick up this priest for a retreat. 
I'm in the carpool lane, probably going too fast. And all of a sudden, this young man jumps in the fast lane, hits me, totals his car, gets in front. Thank God no one's hurt. But there we are, stuck in the carpool lane, left lane, can't go anywhere. This poor young man gets stuck. He has to come in my car so we can exchange IDs. This poor man. Now, he has just totaled his car. It's his fault. He's devastated. And my zealous volunteer turns to him and shows him a picture of St. Bernadette and says, did you know she was dead for 100 years? <laughs> Not a good evangelization moment. However, <laughs> you never know. He's probably still talking about these crazy women that totaled his car and showed him a picture of a dead lady. I have uh, another gentleman that uh, he was telling me about uh, his son. He says, you know, he says, and he'll come to our office and he'll pick up material. And he was never really active with the faith. You know, he was your Sunday Catholic, except all of a sudden his son, who is not Catholic anymore, started telling him what we believed. And he'd say, no, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And they were arguing constantly, so he found himself coming to St. Joseph Radio. We gave him his packages. We helped him the best we could. And he just came in the other day, and he says, do you know? And this is through prayer. He said, my son, who's a pilot in Afghanistan, he's on the plane, and some co-pilot on the plane starts talking to him about Catholicism. And his son's coming back to him and saying, Dad, did you know this? The son is coming back now because his friend told him about the Catholic Church, which is what the father was telling him for years. But he's not a prophet in his own home. And it's okay. You have to persevere. You show that we have answers. You know, that's, I think, the most important thing that you can do. We have answers for things. Um, there was a gentleman that came to our office. He was with a friend. Well, actually, this gentleman was from Kentucky. He heard us on the air. He would listen to us as, on a regular basis, but he was in the military. So he and his Protestant friend came to St. Joseph Radio to visit, to see what we were all about. Well, his Protestant friend, no one comes to our office. I mean, the poor UPS man, anyone that walks in, they get a gift. These two men are at our office for four hours looking around. Well, come to find out, I want to give this man a gift. That's okay. He says, listen, he says, I'm about to be ordained a Baptist minister. He says, please don't confuse me. <laughs> I said, oh, I can appreciate that. Okay. So then they're still looking. You know what I did? I got his care package, and I wrapped it up in a brown paper bag, and I tied it up with tape. And I put, you know, where we got the Bible, who started your church, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, apologetics tapes, the Eucharist. I put it all together in one big package. And as he left, I said, I have a gift for you, an ordination gift. I need you to promise me, and I look them right in the eye, I need you to promise me that you will open this package the first moment someone in your congregation tells you what Catholicism is and what we believe. I want you to promise me that you will open this package and quote us accurately. And he looked. He said, oh, okay. And then I gave him the imitation of Christ. And I says, and here, here's a prayer book for you because aren't we all called to imitate him? And he says, yes, we are. That was his care package. Where it goes is between him and God. But he's going to quote us accurately. And that's what you can do. Your grandchildren, you know, sitting down and just asking them, you know, what they know about God. You know, just try to find out what it is they know. Giving a little gift. Uh, there's a book called, Does Adam Have a Belly Button? 
It's a great little book to give to a high school student. You know, or maybe your daughter or son-in-law, you know, your daughter's Catholic, your son-in-law is not Catholic. You give him something so that he can understand the church that he married into. You give them something, and you just leave it in the hands of God. But don't deny being Catholic. And if you don't know the answer, the best thing you can do is say, you know, I don't have that answer right now, but um, you deserve a complete answer, and I'm going to get it for you. And then you get the answer. I'll meet people on the plane. I was on the plane with some man, and, and I try not to talk. And one time I sat next to this uh, gentleman, and he told me he was Christian. I said, oh, that's nice. I says, tell me, what does your church feel about birth control? He says, you know, that's a good question. Why don't you ask them about it? You know, because then I started talking to him about the church's teaching. Now, that conversation also started with whatever you heard about the Catholic Church is not true. And then I said, yes, it is true, and we're cleaning house. That has been the greatest line, because then they're going to give you their bias. And when they give you their bias, then you can be very gentle and say, oh, I know, but we're just cleaning house. Isn't that good? You know, we're cleaning house. But, you know, we know the final chapter, and our Lord's in control, and we need to pray, you know, and you can just evangelize people in such a way where before you know what they'll say to you, well, I used to be Catholic. Oh, really? Why did you leave? You know, um, and then they start telling you these things, and before you know, oh, well, really, well, you know, you misunderstood that. Did you know that? You thought we believed that, but that wasn't the situation. Let me share it with you. And then you clarify. Another one, a woman was sitting next to me, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm not talking to anyone. And I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm going to be quiet. We're about to land. And I don't know what made me say something to her, but I, she, she was Hispanic. And I says, oh, you have such wonderful devotion to Our Lady. And I says, you're Catholic, of course. <laughs> and she says, well, yes. I says, oh, well, I'm with St. Joseph Radio, and we have our radio in Orange County. Well, one thing led to another. Her family, they were all part of Calvary Chapel, and they were trying to pull her and her husband out of the church. I mean, they were so busy that they were this close. She was, when she said to me, well, yes, I'm Catholic, it was like, I think I'm still Catholic. I mailed her her care package, and she has this piece of paper that gives all the biblical references, you know, where it is in Scripture the doctrine of our faith. It's all there. And you don't have to be a theologian. You just have to be willing to talk about God. And when someone has a gripe, be willing to listen. Give them comfort. Give them understanding. But then clarify the point. And also, give people the freedom not to be Catholic. Now, I know this sounds weird. On one hand, I'm telling you to evangelize. The approach you want to use is I don't need you to be Catholic. Once you have given them the freedom not to be Catholic, then the communication is open. You can communicate God. You can can tell them a little bit about the God that you love. You know, and gee, I'm sorry this was your experience. But pray. Refer them to God and to prayer. You know, God will enlighten you. 
I'm sure God's going to take care of you. He will honor your faithfulness. Before you know it, they're thinking, you know, this is a Catholic woman. You know, so give people the freedom not to be Catholic, but do not deny your Catholicism. So do any of you have any questions that maybe I can answer for you? Think of people that are happening, what's happening in your own families with your children, your grandchildren. Yes. Okay, how about your daughter? She goes to Mass, okay. And it's very important that you take on the challenge because your grandson is going to follow Dad unless Dad joins, okay? So eventually, whenever they say, you know, whenever there's division there, and I've seen it time and again, friends of mine, that the wife is Catholic, the husband is not, vice versa. Wherever there's division, our children are very smart. Who do you think they're going to follow? They're going to follow the one that has the most convenient path, the easy way out, okay? And that's, that's the way it is. Now, there are a few things that, depending on where, first of all, you have to determine whether the husband or the daughter, do they like to read or do they like to listen to tapes? Would they listen to a tape? We have one tape that has been an introduction tape, Faith Amidst Tragedy. This is the tape that I give to anyone that I want to listen to tape two, three, and four. This one is a tape that um, this woman, I can't tell you the whole story, a tragedy happened in her life and she never turned from God. It was so intriguing, they wrote a movie about her life. That's how unbelievable the tape is. Now, we give them that tape and we say, well, you hear this story? And don't worry, it's not Catholic. And wait till you hear it. They wrote a movie about it. You will not believe it. Now, it's one of those tapes that will shock you. you will, it'll make you cry. If it's someone that has issues in their life, it'll bring the issues to the surface. It causes you to think about your life. It causes you to think about how you see God. It's just an unbelievable tape. But that's tape number one. Then tape number two... There's a tape um, that uh, is called Rest in His Peace, and it's a priest that was dying, and uh, he decided to accept his death. And he was told he had two months to live, and he decided, well, you know what, if I'm going to live only two months, I'm going to laugh about it. Well, he decided to live and laugh about life and death, and he did a whole series of tapes for us, and that's called Rest in His Peace. What you're doing is you're touching people to where it's causing them to think. You know, he talks about beautiful stories about life and death. By then, you will have passed on two tapes that all of a sudden they're saying, gee, these are pretty good. I'll listen to the third one. You want to get them to listen to something. There's a tape called Where We Got the Bible. If there's a, a person in your family that's with Calvary Chapel, you know, they have all the answers, but what you want to do is ask them a question. Well, you know what? Thank you so much for enlightening me, but where did the Bible come from anyway? And we wrote a track. We write tracks, you know, wherever, whatever is needed, we'll do it. Someone came up to me once and said, what do I tell my son? He's living with his girlfriend. And how do I explain to him that it's wrong? So we wrote a track, the Ten Commandments are not multiple choice. <laughs> so she didn't have to say anything. She just had to hand it to him. 
and then pray. But where we got the Bible, and we, we have a tape on that subject. I don't know if I brought any, but there again, all you have to do is call the office where we got the Bible. This little thing, you know, you ask questions. Well, where did the Bible come from? You know, before you know it, they're going to change the subject and they're going to attack something else, but you keep them focused because this is the Bible that you're talking about. You know, and, and once you've enlightened them, it does prick their conscience. But what makes us mostly different, of course, the Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. And people are, unfortunately, I don't know if you've heard this statistic, about 70% of Catholics do not believe that it is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. They don't even know it. Your grandson, ask him. He should know, but I'll, I'm willing to bet he doesn't. They think it's symbolic. They don't know. That's where you can get a book on called The Miracles of the Eucharist. The Miracles of the Eucharist. It's a great little book on, you know, just showing, oh, this miracle of the Eucharist card. You know, give this to your son-in-law. The Miracle of the Eucharist. Encourage them. Give them tapes. Yes. I have never had that happen. Is he practicing anything? Which denomination? Yeah, I would send him a gift and just say, you know what, son, I am so proud of you. I am so proud of you that you're following God. Yeah, and just you just let him know that. I would send Cheryl Ward's tape and just reassure him it has nothing to do with Catholicism. And they wrote a movie about her life, and you will not believe it. it well, the movie, it's still in production. They're, they're trying to get it produced right now. The title of the talk that we gave it is uh, Faith Amidst Tragedy, but I think the movie was entitled Father Forgive. And uh, it's one of those where even Dr. Dobson's office called for it. You know, um, she spoke as a keynote. Matter of fact, we have her speaking at prisons, at high schools. She spoke at Rosary High School and got a standing ovation from these girls. It's a very powerful, powerful testimony. There's also another tape called The God That I Love, non-threatening, a beautiful talk by Father Arkfeld, the one that has since died, called The God That I Love, non-threatening. Now, of course, if you have those that you know are into Scripture, 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 I mean, where we got the Bible, there's a laminated piece of paper at our office that I would recommend you send to him. There's a tape from Friends Church. You need to give, listen to this one and then pass it on to her called Holy Shock. This person was a member of that church. She's now Catholic. Basically, I have five tapes that I like to use in sequence. Uh, one of the tapes from Father Arkfeld and this gentleman, he was a policeman. He heard our radio program. His wife audited the tape on the death of a child. Turned out shortly after that, he ended up running over his seven-year-old and killing him. He killed his seven-year-old, but it was that tape that helped him give the eulogy at his son's funeral. There's pain out there, but God takes care of all aspects. And to remind people, Catholics, we have hope. You know, and that's what we need to always remind ourselves. We, we have the beauty of the communion of saints, the connection that's always there, and, and we need these people to understand that. Again, the attitude is quote us accurately. You don't have to agree with us, but quote us accurately. And once you give them that freedom, before you know it, your dialogue will go on and on. Now, if you're going to get to a point where there's someone that you give them a tape, and you know they're not going to listen to it because you know, they know everything. So you finally give it one last attempt, and, and you say, why are you afraid? 
if you're following the will of God, we would never fear. You know, you should never have fear. Now, if you want to know what we believe, here it is on this aspect of, of the faith that you were questioning. Quote us accurately, but you know what? You need to pray to the Holy Spirit and not fear because you're on a journey. We're all on a journey, and you must never fear the will of God. So you're giving them that freedom and yet encouraging them to, you know, because the moment you say, well, you're afraid, they're going to say, no, I'm not afraid. You know, and then they will go ahead and listen to it. And, and when they come back maybe argumentative, then you say, wait a minute, we shouldn't be arguing over this. This is not to be argued. Do you have another question? I'll see if there's another perspective that I can give to you that will help you understand it. I'm not a theologian, but, you know, I'll give you whatever it takes. But then pray to the Holy Spirit, encouraging prayer, encouraging prayer. And prayer is the most important thing. I have a gentleman that comes into the office. He's been into the office twice. You know how they call for a donation? And he's the one that comes and picks up the money. And the first year he came, he told me he was an atheist. And I gave him a care package then. I don't remember what I gave him then. But then the second year he came back, I said, I want to give you something. He says, you already gave it to me last year. I said, oh, I guess it didn't work. Uh, I said, well, tell me, you know, what's been happening? Do you have any children? I start asking questions. Do you have any children? Yes. Um, and one of them's married to a Catholic. And, you know, I said, Really? I says, well, I says, I'm not going to give this to you. I'm going to give it to him. So would you pass this on to your son? And I gave him a care package for his son. And I said, and if you're not afraid of it, help yourself and read it. And I, I gave him mere Christianity. And, you know, and don't be afraid of it. You know, if you're afraid of it, I mean, I says, pass it on to your son, because he thinks his son is crazy and weak. Don't be afraid of what I'm giving you. He took it, and I says, you know, just pray about it. He says... I don't believe in your God. I said, fine. You know, but he'll be back next year. We're going to get him. The book on the incorruptibles, because this is where that man that called, he was so um, scientific. You know, he was a man. It's a guy thing. You know, come on. You can't be serious. And when I told him, I says, look at I says, scientifically, I'm going to show you people that have been dead for 125 years. Now, scientifically, we don't know why their body has not, you know, decomposed. God has done that, and if you want to see it, go and see it. In other words, you're bringing it back to show the wonders of God. And there are two books. It's called The Miracle of the Eucharist, and then there are also, uh, there's The Miracles of the Eucharist, and then there's The Incorruptibles. So there's a book for people that they're into another denomination. They don't talk about God. They're, they're just kind of, you know, there. You know, you don't talk, talk about God. I'm okay, you're okay. And, you know, they, they're afraid to even ask. There's a book called All About Angels. That's a non-threatening book, but I love it. It's just a little pink book called All About Angels, and it talks about the saints and how the angels visited these saints. Now, what you're doing is you're encouraging them to, they all believe in angels. So you're encouraging them to read the stories. And, and of course, you're praying to the Holy Spirit while they're reading it, you know. And before you know it, they're going to become curious. Gee, that sounds like an interesting story. I want to know more. I had a woman, a social worker, she was coming in the clinic next door. 
came over to our office. You know, we always have people walking in. And, and this woman, not Catholic, she said something about love the mystics. Really? Do I have a book for you? <laughs> <laughs> so I gave her St. Uh, Teresa of Avila, you know, and John of the Cross. I said, enjoy it. She says, oh, I can't take that. It costs you money. I says, God has lots of money. I says, and when you get rich, you can think about us. So I said, don't worry about it, just take it. A doctor, a dentist, he'd come over to the office, and I gave him books that, two books that are my favorite. These are books that um, help us spiritually. You know, apologetics is wonderful, and I love apologetics, and apologetics does not mean we're apologizing for being Catholic. That's not it. It's just the reason for the faith that is in us, and it's very helpful when we need to identify what it is that we believe. But spirituality, you know, from here to here is the greatest distance, and it's in the heart. It's loving Almighty God and his church that will, des that will give us the desire to serve him faithfully in all things. Well, these two favorite books of mine is called I Believe in Love, great book and I gave this to the dentist and the other book was, uh, was how to get the most out of Holy Communion those two books he came in one day he said Lou he says they have changed my life he says I, I read that St. Teresa's book as part of my meditation his wife's not Catholic and here he is his wife is seeing him spiritually developing a relationship with Almighty God that you know it just took something very simple. That's why, you know, you might look at yourselves and say, well, you know, I can't afford to do this and I can't afford to do that. Well, you know what? You can't afford not to because your children and your grandchildren are at stake. Yes. Well, what I would recommend with her, first of all, you need to invite her back and you need to take the holy shock for her also. Uh, this is on the Eucharist. The holy shock tape, that's a good starting point for her. What you need to do is encourage her to look at herself. It has nothing to do with him because he's on a separate journey. Okay, the most important thing we can do is to deal with our own issues. She has children, one on the way. And this is what's so wonderful, remember that. There are areas, and I call these evangelization moments, evangelization moments, when you're about to have your first child, we are going to have perfect children, right? Our first child is going to be perfect. We are going to be perfect parents. As grandparents, you need to give them the means and the ability to be perfect. And that's an evangelization moment. So you start with that tape. There's a booklet at the office called Council for Catholic Parents. It's a wonderful little book. We're right in Orange. It's in a better part of town. <laughs> we're, in a, we're in a safe neighborhood. <laughs> We're in a safe neighborhood, and we need laborers. <laughs> but it's a great book, Council for Catholic Parents. When someone gets married, there's a book on marriage that I gave to my nephew, you know, and, it's, and it talks about the church's teaching on, on birth control and all these issues and what the church believes. When someone's dying, I, I want to do this, and I haven't had time. I did it for my own mom's funeral. When someone dies, if you notice the people that are in attendance, we're all thinking of the future. We're thinking of our own death. We start seeing life. We're receptive to God. 
and there's a tape by Father Rick Arkfeld. There are two of them. It's called Rest in His Peace. The other one, it was Death and Dying, but I changed it to The Best is Yet to Come. And what I did was, for my mom's funeral, I put on there, The Best is Yet to Come in memory of Lucy Quintel, the date of her birth and the date of her death. And we gave them out. Well, we're not on here. We're all over the world but here. That's another thing. But that I figured it out why, though. We're on internet, and I brought flyers here, but I figured out why, because we all do such a great job at evangelizing that we don't have to be on the radio. And I guess this is to be continued. Thank you, ladies, very much. Well, we certainly hope you have enjoyed Lou Cortese. And for more information or a copy of today's broadcast, please write us at Magnificat Proclaims, P.O. Box 2983, Orange, California, 92859. Once again, Magnificat Proclaims, P.O. Box 2983, Orange, California, zip code 92859. And for some of you, it might be easier to call at 800-500-4556. If you would like to have more information about the Magnificat ministry, including a location of a Magnificat chapter in your area, you can call 504-828-MARY. That's 504-828-MARY. Or visit the Magnificat website at www.magnificat-ministry.org. On behalf of Magnificat Proclaims, this is Donna Ross inviting you to join us next time as we present more personal testimonies from our inspirational Catholic speakers. Remember, Magnificat proclaims the greatness of the Lord. Until next time, may God bless you and keep you in His peace.
much for listening to this Magnificat podcast. Have you been touched by our time together? If so, for more information or to find a Magnificat chapter near you, go to our website at magnificat-ministry.org or visit us on social media. We would love to hear from you. You can also email us at magnificatcst at aol.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.